friends, family, all of you wonderful people joining in. Thank you for tuning in to this podcast. I know it has been a very long time, uh, over a year. In fact, I looked at the last podcast episode and I realized that it had been even longer than I had thought it was. Um, So I'm sorry for the hiatus. I'm sorry for the period of time that I have been absent. Life has been very crazy, not in an excuse-riddled way, but I figured that a, a worthy introduction to coming back into podcasting and and teaching the wonders of God's holy and inspired word would be to fill you in on the story thus far. And what I mean by the story thus far is I know that everyone who listens to uh, this podcast or has listened to this uh, podcast may not be updated on, on, on what originally drew me unto the Lord. Of course, we know that that was the Lord himself. But I, what I mean by that is is the intricacies and, and all those things within the life that I lived. And so if you guys wouldn't mind, I would like to start there. And starting there, I would like to bring you all the way to an updated current synopsis of what is going on within the life of Daniel Young and, and how we got to where we are today. So uh, where do I start? Uh, yes, so... I will start with the fact that I grew up in a non-denominational Christian household. Uh, My mom and my parents really uh, tried to bring us up, meaning me and my sister, in the ways of the Lord. Uh, Had some unfortunate circumstance happen at a church, and then from there there on and therefore, I never really went to church voluntarily. If I ever went, I was more of a creaster, which is, of course, a Christmas and Easter attendee. Did not have any understanding of the gospel, believed that God, there was a God, but as far as any understanding of who that God was, I I really had no understanding. Then I turned 15, and I was going to a a local high school down here that I graduated from, down here in South Florida, known as Cooper City High School. And I had been playing football up to this point since I was about eight years old, and going through a routine practice, I, of course, uh, broke my neck. I played offensive line, and... uh, one thing led to another, and I totally broke, I believe it was the C7 vertebrae in my neck, and went ahead and kept practicing and practicing until the point where I couldn't lift my arms past a certain degree. And of course, it was at that point that uh, we had a wonderful close family friend who referred us to go and get an MRI done. So upon getting this MRI done, they had told me the news that my neck was fractured and that I had a bunch of torn ligamental damage and all of these things. And essentially, that if I hadn't stopped practicing when I did, it was a very high likelihood that I would have been paralyzed from the neck down. Now, of course, hearing that, uh, me and my parents came very quickly to the conclusion that football was no longer on the cards, uh, in the cards for me. And, and as that occurred... I uh, kind of came to grips with reality. I knew that I wasn't going to be playing football forever, and and I probably was not planning on playing past high school. But, you know, the truth dawned on me, and and, uh, really there began to be a stirring within my soul of of something that was needed, that that there was something more to life than than living for football or living for myself and all of those kinds of questions that, that begin to arise within the human heart. And... And uh, I remember my dad had gone to a church service and had invited me, and, and I've, I accepted. And, and at that church service, uh, I came to Christ, not meaning that I did so by my own strength, but the Lord drew me near to his salvation. 
And I remember being in that sanctuary and seeing the pastor preach and just thinking in the slightest way, uh, that'd be an interesting career, wouldn't it? At the time, I, of course, was petrified of of being a, of speaking in any sort of public way. So I uh, definitely shunned that idea away and, and was like, yeah, that's crazy. I'm never doing anything like that. I'm never putting myself in a position like that. But upon my salvation, I uh, started attending youth ministry and, and expressed my calling in some, some way or another. And, and they did the due, due diligence of essentially plugging me in and ensuring um, that they would give opportunity if, to see if this calling was a legitimate one. Now, this was, of course, a non-denominational church that, that did lead to an unfortunate aspect of seeker-friendliness, which I will then talk about later on. But um, nonetheless, there were good people that attended there, and there are still good people, very nice people that that still attend at that place. But um, my responsibilities continued to grow uh, opportunities to teach continued to grow, teaching in youth ministries and all those kinds of things. And um, before I knew it, I was going through an ordination process within this church. And I was employed at the church eventually, and, and I was you know playing drums and, and teaching whenever I could in Sunday schools and youth ministry, all those kinds of things. And I had been asked to go through the ordination process and not only go through the ordination process, but um, was becoming a core leader within this church. And then life hit the fan there momentarily, got involved in a, uh, a romantic relationship that didn't go initially the way that I, uh, that I had planned. This is about when I was uh, 18 years old. And upon this relationship not going the way that I had planned for it to go. Up to this point, my theology was very, very shallow and very man-centered theology. I remember being a part of the church that I was attending and a part of at that time. And around the Christmas season, they went through this series called Miracles. And uh, it was essentially about how God is going to perform a miracle in your life, just as he has performed a miracle in the birth of Christ just as he has performed miracles in other believers' life, essentially, you know, paraphrasing that that if you need something that's go- that needs to happen in your life, you need a miracle that needs to get met, all those kinds of things, that God is going to meet you in that miracle in this Christmas season. So, of course, as, as typical seeker-friendly, non-denominational, you know, Pentecostal church goes— is they bring up this whiteboard and it's got a bunch of squares drawn out, like almost like a, uh, not a graph, but um, almost like a tic-tac-toe kind of cut out. And, and there were sticky notes that were passed throughout the congregation. And the sticky, and, and upon this, they, they declared there's a pen and there's a sticky note. Write down your miracle, make a proclamation of faith, come up and slap that sticky note right on the board for everyone to see what it is that you need prayer for. And so I slap on the board my desire for uh, the, the woman that I was seeking after for the relationship to work out. And, and I slapped it on the board and I had people telling me within the staff and within the church that um, to keep praying for it in the exact way that you asked for it, because don't take no for an answer and God's going to meet you in that request. And so I didn't for months and months. I didn't. And as I continued praying and as I continued pursuing these ideas, 
reality kept going the opposite direction. It seemed that in my brain, God was hearing what I was praying for. And instead of being my genie, instead of submitting toward my call, because of course I know what's best, um, the opposite way occurred. It didn't work out. In fact, it got a lot worse. And thus I found myself towards the tail end of this thing, being in a position where I began to think, well, I've been taught this, theologically speaking. I've been taught that God is supposed to answer my prayers in the way that I ask him to, that he is in a sense obligated to do so and to not take no for an answer. And I'm over here praying my heart out for hours and hours every day, yet God's not meeting me in these requests. So I don't understand what the deal is, but I think I'm done. I think I'm done with this idea of God. I think I'm done with this idea of Christianity. This isn't working. And so I grew angry for a large period of time. And by large, it was probably, you know, months and and where it was just a large struggle for me. And then I remember one night I was sitting in my uh, backyard and looking up to the sky and and it kind of clicked for me in one moment to where the Lord almost... uh, and I want to say spoke to me because I know that that wasn't the case, but it kind of clicked in my brain. Who am I to try and tell a holy and perfect Lord how he should operate in my life? Who am I to tell a holy and perfect God what he should be doing, what he shouldn't be doing, and to treat him like a genie? In fact, he owes me nothing. He doesn't owe me anything. And in fact, if you want to be completely honest, what he owes me is his complete and total wrath against me. And so in that moment, I had uh, a theological revelation of sorts. And it changed my heart from the inside out. And it was from that journey when I was uh, 18 years old where I went on to study uh, deeply the reformed aspect of Christianity came to my theological convictions. I'm sorry for joy. Don't bark. No barking. Sorry. It's thundering over here, which is very convenient, but, uh, joy does not like thunder. Joy is my American bulldog, by the way. And so what ended up happening back to the story is that I began to study deeply the reformed aspect of faith, specifically within the aspect of soteriology Understanding that it was God who drew me to himself, I first came to that conclusion. But at the same time, I was still attending the church that I was attending. So, of course, as any uh, what, what is called often in, in the Reformed side of things or, or the Calvinistic side of things, a cage stager, I felt that it was my responsibility to reform the church from the inside that I was currently attending, which was a seeker-friendly um, church that really did not care about uh, true from proper doctrine, uh, but instead would just kind of tell you, Uh, just tickle your ears in order to get people through the front door type of church. And I believe that it was my job to reform this church from the inside. And upon reforming this church on the inside, I found that it was completely backfiring and completely uh, tarnishing my name as a sword. And and I was with uh, a different woman at that time and and we were set to be married. And and I remember continuously being just a hardcore hardcore cage stager and uh, seeking to reform this church. And of course, it didn't end up right. And eventually, we, part way, we parted ways with this church. 
And upon parting ways with this church, I, I ended up attending a PCA church, which stands for Presbyterian Churches of America. Started attending seminary there shortly after at Lamp Theological Seminary. And then shortly after there, don't bark, Joy, don't you do it. Then shortly afterward, was offered the youth director job. And then which led to also branching off into young adults. And that's all really wonderful. But there is still an aspect within that story that was still challenging. And that was the fact that I had went through one challenging uh, relational aspect when I was 18 years old. And then which led me to another relationship where I was essentially set to be married, which then fell apart. And it was hard and it was challenging and I did not understand Things and, and why God would orchestrate things in that way. And I almost caught myself wanting to jump into the same boat of why would God do this? But yet as the Lord began to work in my heart and, and, and to broaden my understanding, I began to see that it was the most blessed gift that he could give in both scenarios that things did not work out. There's no hostility towards the opposite party, nothing but forgiveness in Christ. But it was a blessing for those things not to work out. And so upon uh, the relationship ending and all those such and uh, such things, and I continued deep into my studies, but also was struggling emotionally and and. and and working in ministry and all those different things. And the Lord was working out some, some kinks in my heart as he always does. Uh, and then I found myself coming to enjoy the Lord fully through his holy and inspired word. And even in the midst of genuine heartbreak and pain that the Lord was gracious enough to give me his word, to give me prayer and to give me friends and a church family that loved me and took care of me in all of those different types of ways. So that's what's been occurring over the past year. I mean, that the latter part, uh, the relational aspects uh, uh, such and such. Um, and all, in all honesty, it, it grew my convictions Theologically, it grew my convictions of the sovereignty of God. It grew in my convictions of reformed faith. And to be honest, and it's not in a hurtful way, but it called me to scream out and to praise God that he knows better than I do. And it sounds like a cliche and it sounds almost boneheaded. And of course, it's not what you want to tell the person who is mourning and, and, and struggling with loss and all of those things. But such is the truth is that if God is holy and perfect and good in every way, unable to make a wrong or faulty or evil decision, then the only other option is that the Lord is a good doctor. But how many of us are still afraid to go to the doctors? How many of us to this day know that doctors are good or know that the dentist is good, but we know oftentimes when we go in for work, Right to get work done, especially in the in a dental aspect. Right, we know that the work that the dentist does is good, fixing your root canals, fixing your teeth. But yet we are still afraid of the dentist. Why? Because just because he's good doesn't make the work hurt any less. 
And so I began to study, to look into the aspect of suffering, all of those different things, philosophy, and yet the word of God has held completely and permanently firm in its truth. That he is perfect, that he does not shy away from pain, that he does not even acknowledge anywhere in scripture that pain is completely absent from his good work. Because we know that the Lord is a good doctor and a good operator. And if it means purging out the sin from within these sinful, fallen bodies, that it has to be pain, then by all means bring forth the pain. I tell you guys this story to give you uh, the opportunity just to understand more who I am speaking on this side of the microphone, just to have a brief understanding that pain comes to all people, right? I know we read the text, it rains on the just and unjust. And within the context of that text, it's talking about rain as a good thing, right? In these ancient times for, for, uh, for the sake of growing food and all of that. But, you know, some people do say in the terms of negative that when you get, when you get caught in the rain, so to say, that it's not always a good thing. And that does happen to all people, especially towards God's people. But this is who I am. I'm Daniel Young. I'm 21 years old. I attend Lamp Seminary. I am the young adult and youth director at Christ Covenant Church. I grew up in a seeker-sensitive, non-denominational movement where it wasn't about Christ. It was about putting on a show in order to attract numbers, which we can talk more about later. I tried to reform the church from the inside, didn't work, and the Lord was faithful to transform my heart, not into cage stage anymore, but into a continual, uh, continual uh, movement by the Holy Spirit in order to confine me into the image of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is me, and I hope that you would tune in and join and, and, and hang out on these podcasts. I look forward to getting back into them today or today. Not only today, I did look forward to it today, but I look forward to, to doing this and putting out the content and be a part of this because the Lord is gracious and good unto his people. So stay tuned for more episodes that will be coming out. Thank you guys again, and I look forward to speaking with you guys in the future.